The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The implementation of an EU regulation could see divorcees lose the right to death in service payments, which could be worth hundreds of thousands of euro. Is emergency legislation needed? What is this all about? Well, I'm joined now by family law solicitor Keith Walsh. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Pat. What is this all about? How did this? Uh, how do we get ambushed by something in EU law? Well, what happened is um, there was a change to EU law and pension schemes and funds are migrating all their funds from their own pension funds into a kind of a master fund uh, and master funds. And what that means is that there's uh, pension funds have a different legal entity, if you like. And in family law, post-divorce, an order that is made uh, quite often to protect a wife and children is that if a husband or a wife has a death in service benefit in their pension, so where you have an occupational pension and you're working uh, um, for a company, that if you die in service, there's often a generous kind of, a bit like a life assurance payout, which mm-hmm. can be a quarter of a million, half a million, or a multiple of salary. And uh, that, that order has to be made by the court within a year of the divorce. And uh, what it does is, if in the, the event the spouse dies, it pays out a large sum of money to the the spouse and usually to the children. That's been endangered by the change of these funds into a master fund. So it's kind of an unexpected consequence. And I think the Law Society have got ahead of this and their expert group on pensions and also on family law have said, look, this is going to cause potential hardship for clients and for divorcees out there. So what needs to happen are two things. Number one, the Pensions Authority needs to immediately issue guidelines to trustees to say, even though you may not have to follow uh, the court order because you have a new pension, you should do so and you should advise your trustees to do so. That will immediately stop the problem in the short term. And then if at the same time we can put in place emergency legislation, which allows these um, pension adjustment orders to be put in place, uh, that should be done. Now, the, the Law Society, and I think particularly Geoffrey Shannon and uh, a number of other people in there have drafted legislation to make these changes uh, to the Family Law Acts and to the, to the Pension Acts to allow that to be done. So, I mean, I suppose if action is taken, it can be sorted out and there's yeah. no need to panic. But if it isn't taken, there will be a problem and, and yeah. there may be hardship caused. Now, um, you as a, a solicitor would be the first to tell me that a, a, a guideline is really not worth the paper it's printed on. You need the backing of the law. You're right, but I think in the short term, trustees generally treat trustees of pensions who administer pension funds generally take uh, the guidelines from the pensions authority uh, very seriously and and there's a very good chance the law society believes that they will follow them and i think that is probably the case now is this all to do with pension portability you know if uh, you have an occupational pension scheme in a company um, and then you leave that company uh, cumbersome enough, you know, leaving your money behind in that company, maybe starting in another a second company that has its own occupational pension scheme. Nowadays, you know, younger people are, maybe are well used to this, but they take their pension with them. Is that what that master pension fund is all about? Well, I, I suppose if, I mean, you've hit on a really a, 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 an interesting point about pension portability. If If people move jobs and this court order is made, well, the court order is only made against the first job they were in or the first occupational pension. So that will die if you change jobs. So if you did that, you'd have to put something else in place. So, I mean, pension portability 
is is a re- relatively new concept and I think the divorce law needs to be changed in a much greater way to reflect that and to maybe impose a duty on, on people if they do change jobs to notify uh, their spouse and the court so that a new order if, if necessary, could be paid. And again, these are kind of protective orders. They're just in case somebody dies and to prevent maintenance that would otherwise have been paid not being paid and, and preventing families and children maybe falling into poverty or hardship. So yeah. it's really important that this is sorted. So if the pension then is moved to this master fund uh, and, uh, you know, therefore, if it's the same master fund, if you move jobs 10 times or whatever, uh, that pension pot will be there and can be accessed in the event of uh, a death in service. But here's a question. When the court makes a a judgment in terms of who gets what, we know that in the Irish jurisdiction, nothing is ever full and final, that you can always go back to the well. And I wondered if these arrangements were made for the first spouse or whatever, and then subsequently there's another spouse and more children. What happens? Who gets the death in service benefit? Family number one or family number two? Well, if if you get a hundred percent death in service benefit, which is 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 relatively more common than splitting it, um, family number one would get it all. And, and family number two would be left high and dry, unfortunately, because you can't give away the benefit twice, you know. Um, you know, so that that's the problem. And in a situation like that where, and we talked about this before uh, when uh, you were on with us yeah. as our Monday expert, when you have a situation where the circumstances do change and uh, one or other party uh, marries again and has a second family, um how often do they go back to the well and say, hang on, the affordability of the award that was made by the court in the divorce originally is no longer possible. I now have a new family, new school fees, new this, new that, new the other. Um, can the first award then be diminished to the first party? Generally, the, the rule of thumb is there needs to be a significant change in circumstances. And it's, I think it's arguable both ways. That that is, and I mean, it's probably more in favour of that. It is a change in circumstances that you've you've increased amounts of dependence, and and you've more um, expenses and a different standard of living than you may have had at the time of the divorce. But I mean, the courts are generally, and again, when you sign it, if you agree it, it usually is done in full and final settlement. But maintenance is always reviewable. In mm. post-divorce. So in that situation that you've described, it is possible to go back and people do go back. But I think in Ireland, we don't have a culture of going back and going back quite as much. And we're only really, I suppose, we've only had divorce since 1996. So it's it's only really 20 something, nearly 30 years uh, that we've had it. So it's, it's relatively young jurisprudence on it but I I think you're right though I think that that is an issue that will come up more and more in the coming years Now in a situation where uh, someone uh, is divorced and is dependent because perhaps they're raising the the children and uh, because of circumstances have to stay at home uh, to so do um, do they lose their own maintenance if they remarry? 
definitely they that is that's the rule if if you remarry and you're a, a spouse in in and getting maintenance for yourself as the wife and you remarry that maintenance for yourself is gone what isn't gone is any maintenance that you get yeah. for the children but i'm wondering but, with the death in service benefit because part of it um, might be your maintenance as it were but if you remarry uh, some of that would be forfeit or how would that go would it all the death in service go to the children well, what normally happens is the death and ser- the death and service is for the dependency of the children. So it will go on for the period until the children were finished in education or twenty three, whichever came first. Um, so that's if it, if it was maintenance for the children. But sometimes there's maintenance just for a dependent spouse, and and if that order was made just for the dependent spouse, it'll go on. Um, and technically, it could go on even if they remarried. Um, uh, but I think you you would have possibly an issue about that. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering because uh, a number of uh, people were remarking that they know people who set up new romantic partnerships but do not get married because they'd lose the maintenance from fall guy number one. That, that's 100% correct, unfortunately. You, you know what I mean? That, that is exactly uh, what, what people do. Hmm. Okay, well, it's very interesting. Anyway, there is a remedy to this. That is your message, and the Law Society have it, and uh, our officials in the Department of Justice should not struggle to reinvent the wheel. Just take the wisdom of the Law Society. Exactly. And again, it's, it's, it's the man in the street and people who've got these orders who need to be protected. And there is, there is a way to do it. And if we can just get people to get on and do it, it it'll be fine. Keith Walsh, Family Law Solicitor, thank you very much uh, for joining us.